Disney Decipher, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we compare prices of off- and on-site hotels to determine whether it really is saving you a lot of money to stay off-site. Find all episodes of this podcast at DizzyDecipher.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. If you have any questions for us, you can email us, DizneyDeciphered at gmail.com, Tweet at us at www.deciphered on Twitter or find us on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. If you're looking to plan a Disney vacation, you can support the podcast by letting me be your travel agent at no cost to you. Get started by emailing josephchung at travelmation.net. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. Welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So on today's episode, I had some free time, so decided to take a real look at the price comparisons between offsite hotels and onsite hotels. So we're going to talk about that because we really, like we said a couple weeks ago when we did our Genie Plus episode, it's really like a question now, what is the benefit of staying on site? Is it worth staying on site? So I figured I would do some research to check out some costs just for my own benefit. And so we're going to share that with you all today. Before we get to that, we want to give a quick shout out to some new Patreon subscribers that we have at patreon.com slash Deciphered. You know, if you subscribe to our Patreon, you get bonus content and you get uh, early episodes and extra trip reports and things like that. So Leslie, who are we saying thank you to today? Thank you so much to Bing Y and Josh W. We really do appreciate everybody supporting the podcast by listening, by becoming a Patreon supporter, et cetera, et cetera. It's just great that Disney's back and we have something to talk about. Yes, Disney, I guess, decided to give us no shortage of things to talk about since they uh, keep changing things for better or for worse. Speaking of things that have been changing, Leslie, we talked about it a little bit in brief, but let's go over really quickly what are all the things that on-site guests have lost over the last, you know, it's not only during the pandemic, it is value that has been lost over the last four or five years. So let's go through some of these. What are the main things that we have been losing as onsite guests? So the first thing I guess that happened was losing free parking for staying on site. So that's been a couple of years now, but I guess something we've mostly gotten used to, but but still staying is it's still fresh. Another thing that is more recent is the loss of extra magic hours. Of course, there's been this sort of extra little bit of early entry added back and then late night entry for deluxe resort guests, but extra magic hours as we know it are gone. So what else, Joe? Another big thing that we lost or we are going to lose at the end of 2021 is Magical Express. You can pay for the Mirrors Connect now, but without the Magical Express, like if you're staying at an on-site hotel, you're going to have to pay money to get from the airport to the hotel or rent a car. Losing Magical Express was big. And then the biggest loss, at least for people like us, Leslie, for on-site hotel guests. So you've lost the fast pass advantage, the 60-day booking window where you could ace out the off-site guests who only could book at 30 days. FastPass as we know it is gone and Genie Plus and Lightning Lane and all that stuff that we talked about a couple of weeks ago is coming very soon. So any sort of on-site advantage for FastPass, at least as of right now, is completely off the table. Yeah, so the question that I set out to answer in doing my research is, I want to know, we've lost all these things and these things cost more to stay on site. What 
are the actual savings that we can get by staying offsite. And then once we know what those savings are, everyone can make a decision for themselves as to whether it's worth it to pay extra question mark to stay on site or not. And I say question mark because the results that I found were pretty surprising to me. Before we get into the research I did for pricing that is coming up in the future, I did want to take a second, Leslie, to mention to you. So I researched hotel prices on and off site in February, 2022. I researched it for the Princess Marathon Weekend or Princess half marathon weekend. So I decided to see, you know, what were prices like in 2019 for the same weekend. So that is the weekend after President's Day traditionally. And I came up with at Caribbean Beach Resort with, you know, a standard room and tickets for a family of four for four days. I came up with a price of $2,763, which came out to be $850 less than it would cost in 2022. Leslie, that is a very big increase. And the problem that a lot of people have been having with Disney is the prices are going up very quickly. So I was not surprised to see that it had gone up so much. Yeah, that's a significant increase when you factor in that, I mean, at least as of right now, demand is is kind of soft. But of course, you know, looking for February, that's, you know, demand is definitely going to firm up by then or or who knows, it may go soft. Who knows? We, we can't predict anything more than about uh, three days in advance right now. But that that's a huge increase. I, I'm curious, is some of it just that not just Disney, but people are willing to pay more for travel after a year of not being able to do it? But I think some of it's Disney. I think it's some of it's Disney. And yeah, let's get to what I looked up because I found the results to be pretty interesting. What I did was I searched for a family of four, two adults, two kids, four day tickets for Princess Weekend. So checking in on Wednesday, checking out on Sunday after the half marathon. That is the week of President's Week, which a lot of Northeast schools have off, although I know a lot of other school districts don't have that off. So it's kind of like a moderately in-demand time. And I searched a bunch of hotels. I searched a value moderate and deluxe on-site Disney World, and I searched, you know, six or seven options off-site. Now, one caveat is that I did these searches assuming that people will be flying to Disney World, especially during that February time. Like I said, the Northeast, that's who has school off. So you have to kind of factor that in as I give the prices. Like if you are going to drive to Disney World, you're still going to have to pay for parking, but you know, you won't have to pay for a rental car, which I think the rental car apocalypse is still happening because the cheapest rental car I could find for four nights, and this is at a place that was called Ace that I would never rent from, was $300. And to rent somewhere decent like budget or Hertz, it was $400. So like $100 a day for a rental car, which was pretty crazy. Yeah, that's totally nuts. I mean, gone are the day of the the days of the $25 rental car in Orlando, but that could shake itself out in many months time. I mean, it's not going to be instantaneous, but I've already noticed for Hawaii, at least even before the the travel, you know, recommendation not to go anymore, that prices were already dropping there. So it could be that this is changes pretty radically as we approach February. Yeah, I think so. You know, I'm on another podcast, Miles to Memories, which is about miles and points, but we've talked about the rental cars in the past. We are kind of predicting that rental car prices won't renormalize until like the end of next year. But I do think that the prices will drop. So another caveat is, you know, I could only look up the prices that I could find now for February 2022. So who knows what they look like in a couple months, but a lot of people are planning those February trips right now. So I thought that the research would be good. 
Okay, Joe, so I'm looking at a very complicated chart that you have researched meticulously. Very impressed. So let's talk about the, the different things that you that you looked at, the different price items that you've included in this grand total for a Disney vacation cost. Yeah, so what I came up with, and I didn't include food because I think food would be a wash. You know, you can pay for food as you like. The costs that I included were for the hotel, and that would include a resort fee if there was a resort fee, if you're staying offsite. Tickets, although tickets is kind of a wash because you can get tickets for the same price regardless of whether you're staying on or offsite. It's not like you get an advantage price-wise for staying onsite unless Disney decides to run any deals, which they're not running right now. So like I said, I can only look up the prices that are available right now. I did not add in Genie Plus and individual attraction selections into my final cost, but you know, I do have some notes about like how much I would expect people to spend for them. It's about I would suspect that if people want to pay for these things, they might spend like 200 to $240 per vacation for a family of four. And remember, this is just a four-night vacation. I included Mears Connect for the Disney on-site hotels. And then for the off-site hotels, I included rental car and parking. And like I said, if you're not going to be renting a car, you can just subtract three to $400 off the final prices to get what things were going to cost. So let's uh, go hotel by hotel. So let's start with the on-site hotels. Leslie, I'm going to give you how much it costs. And just a reminder before we get to the numbers, these numbers are including tickets. Tell us a little bit, the all-star hotels, what is that at Disney World? All-star hotels are the value hotels, the cheapest of the value hotels, movies, sports, and music. They're three different hotels. And so this is sort of as cheap as you can get at on-site at Disney World. So what was the damage, Joe? All right. So including Mirrors Connect tickets and hotel, not including Genie Plus, I came up with $3,042.14. And then moving on to the moderate Caribbean Beach Resort, what is the advantage of staying at Caribbean Beach Resort and upgrading to that, Leslie? So the advantage of Caribbean Beach Resort, of course, is the Skyliner. So transportation. So that's really where you get some on-property advantages, the few that are left, I guess. So what was the total for that? Yeah, so for Caribbean Beach Resort, I got $3,597.78. So for about $150 more per night, you kind of have the convenience of the Skyliner to get you to Epcot and Hollywood Studios without having to worry about buses or anything like that. And I guess there are some nicer dining options and a nicer pool at Caribbean Beach Resort. And then finally, the deluxe that I looked up, which you've stayed at, but I have not stayed at, was the Beach Club. What are kind of the advantages of a deluxe Disney resort? So again, location, a lot of them have superior transportation or walkability. Beach Club, of course, you can walk to Epcot and also pretty much walk to Hollywood Studios, but you've got the Skyliner right there. You've got the Friendship Boats right there. So you have quite a lot of transportation options at Beach Club and then just sort of a lot of things within walking distance like the boardwalk for dining and all the restaurants of beach and yacht and swan and dolphin right nearby so really it's a location advantage so how much is that going to cost you joe that location advantage will cost you an extra two thousand dollars over all-star resorts and sixteen hundred from the moderate caribbean beach resort so the total i got for beach club was five thousand one hundred and fifty four dollars and seventy seven cents so that was a huge jump for the deluxe now let's move to the off-site Disney hotels that I looked up. I know you haven't been to a lot of these. I haven't been to all of these either, but one I think that you've visited at least is the Wyndham Garden Lake Buena Vista, which is the first hotel outside of Disney Springs. Did you visit that place? 
Yes, yes, I've been to it several times, and yes, it's within walking distance. I've walked to Disney Springs from from that hotel, and it's very doable. But you know, haven't taken the transportation to the parks myself. But it's one of the Disney Springs properties. I guess when there were advantages to staying on site, it had some of those advantages built in. We don't really know what the advantages are going to be uh, going forward, but it does have that sort of hybrid hybrid category of having some of the benefits and also having the benefit of a, of a closer location. It's a budget property. I mean, it's comparable to a value, I would say. So what was the price on that? There are actually two hotels there, which I learned a few months ago. There's the Wyndham Garden, which is like definitely feels very all-star, a value hotel, your entrance to your doors outside and stuff like that. But there actually is also the Wyndham Lake Buena Vista, which I think is a tower in the same complex, which is a little bit more expensive. Now, what really surprised me is that when you factor in rental car and hotel parking and Remember, if you're staying off-site, you have to pay to park at the Disney World parks. The Wyndham Garden came out to $3,314.60, a.k.a. more expensive than All-Stars. And the Wyndham Lake Buena Vista, the tower, the slightly nicer property, came out to $3,515.66. Now, again, if you're not renting a car, like if you're driving, you can subtract Oh, and this is with the cheap rental car that I wouldn't get. So the actual prices are $100 more than that for a rental car that I would actually rent. So it came out to be more than All-Stars. And even if you subtract out the rental car, it's still around the same price as All-Stars. And that really surprised me. Now, purportedly, you will get the early morning access if you're staying at this hotel. But if you are trying to save money and like you don't get a rental car, there are ways to still get to the parks. Like if you're staying at this hotel, I would suggest taking the shuttle in the morning to the parks, but then taking a bus home to Disney Springs and then walking from Disney Springs back to the hotel afterwards. But that's a lot of hoops to jump through, in my opinion, for really the same price. So I was really surprised by that. So that is really surprising, Joe. I mean, I think what what creates the perception that these hotels are cheaper is people look at the rate per night, but then they don't factor in the cost like resort fees or the parking. And those can really add up. The the nickel and diming of the off-site hotels can really add up to, you know, even, even in the nickel and dime era of the on-property hotels, there's still more nickel and diming happening off-property. And that does add up to maybe not giving you the savings that you were expecting. Yeah, and then the other thing with off-site is you really kind of have – I I thought, which is true, if you're staying on-site, you have to pay attention to these budget line items more. Like now you have to worry about Mirrors Connect, et cetera, et cetera. But for off-site, it's like even worse because I said that you could save a couple hundred dollars by not renting a car. But then remember, you have to factor in that you have to get from the airport to the Wyndham without renting a car. So that's at least $100 back and forth if you get non-surge Uber pricing uh, or the shuttles like around that much too. So all these calculations you have to do when the price is that close for me, I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to stay at a value hotel, I, I might as well, at least in this scenario with the prices that I found right now, five months before February, go with the All-Star and not the Wyndham. The, now, the next hotel that I looked up was the Dolphin, which is a Marriott property or the Swan and Dolphin. You know, you see them from the Skyliner. You know, people generally know what these properties are. The Dolphin does have a pretty strong advantage as a resort property. And what would that be, Leslie? 
So the big benefit of the Swan and Dolphin is location. It's right on Crescent Lake by the Beach Club and the Yacht Club and walking distance to Hollywood Studios and Epcot and Skyliner are right there. So it's it's definitely location as well. I mean, you do get the 30-minute early entry when that starts because it's one of those hotels that is in that hybrid category. But yeah, it's mostly location, Joe. Yeah, the location is good. And one thing I'll say about the Swan and Dolphin as well is the location is good enough that you can get away with not renting a car. Because if you're staying at the Dolphin, you could just walk over to the Beach Club and take their bus to Animal Kingdom and Magic Kingdom and then not worry about like the Dolphin does run buses to the Disney parks, but they don't run as often. And the real downside is the Swan and Dolphin, their bus to Magic Kingdom drops you off at the Transportation Ticket Center. So you still have to take the monorail or the ferry. However, being in such a great location, you can walk to any of the Disney resorts and take their transportation. So the Dolphin came out to a cost of $4,217.77. That's with the rental car, the cheap rental car. So remember, again, add $100 if you're going to get a rental car that's not going to cause you a huge headache. And then I also got $3,939.27 without a rental car. So that is subtracting out all the parking and rental car fees, but adding in the cost for the actual Swan and Dolphins shuttle to the hotel. So you could probably save another $50 via taking an Uber or something like that. This price comes right between Caribbean Beach Resort as a moderate and Beach Club as a deluxe. I mean, I would say that if you want the Crescent Lake access, you know, the Dolphin feels like a really good value compared to Beach Club, which is uh, ridiculously overpriced. So that's what I came up with on the Dolphin. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's not that much more if you treat it like you're treating it a non-property hotel where you are not getting a rental car. I mean, it's pretty comparable within striking distance of what you get at Caribbean Beach. So, you know, I think a lot of people would pay a little bit extra for that location superiority over where Caribbean Beach is. So that's that's an interesting comparison. But definitely a huge a huge savings I would say when you compare it to Beach Club if you really need to be in that area for sure. We stayed there in April and it was a really nice hotel. Uh, I really enjoyed it. The next one I looked up was the Signia by Hilton Bonnet Creek, which I think is just the old Hilton Orlando Bonnet Creek. I think they rebranded. They share a very great pool slash water park slash lazy river with the Waldorf Astoria. It's very nice. But this hotel came out to be way more expensive than I thought. You really do need a rental car to stay there. Otherwise, you're kind of stuck with their bus service or getting Ubers and stuff, which that all adds up. So the price that I got with the rental car was $4,084.89. Now, to me, yes, the water park is great, but just the inconvenience of getting to the parks is not worth that price. I mean, that is more than Caribbean Beach Resort. I would stay at Caribbean Beach Resort over there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't know how, what the quality of the rooms is at that hotel, but it strikes me as being somewhere between a moderate and a deluxe. So that seems like a lot of money when you can see what you can get for the location advantage of Caribbean Beach for sure. Yeah, so at this point, I was like, these offsite hotels are not coming out to be as cheap as I expected them to be. So I was like, is there something wrong with me? So I did decide like, oh, you know, what do we always say, Leslie, about saying offsite? You can get more space for the same price. And so I did find a property that that did ring true for, which is the Residence Inn, which is a Marriott property, which is a suites property. So you can get a one bedroom suite including rental car and all that for $3,697.14, aka basically the same cost as 
Caribbean beach resort, but it's a one bedroom suite, or you can get a two bedroom suite for $4,161 and 39 cents. So that started feeling like, okay, this is more like it. Like remembering that if we're looking for more space offsite gives us more value. That really was a good reminder there. Yeah, exactly. I guess the takeaway that I'm starting to looking at these numbers that you come up with a takeaway is, is it's really about about space and looking for those properties that have something above and beyond a hotel room because these ones that just have hotel rooms, I'd rather stay on site. <laughs> I mean, that's the conclusion that I came to, which is not what I came into this exercise thinking. So at this point, I was like, okay, I just want to make sure I'm not missing something. So I put it out to the Disney Deciphered supporters Facebook group. And so I got some other properties to check out. And here's a good time to re- insert a reminder that these prices are all including tickets. Um, so I checked out also the Hyatt Place Lake Buena Vista, which at some point I remembered I've stayed there. One thing I really like about that resort is there's no resort fee and there's no parking. So the total for that with a rental car was $3,237.63. So I think that's a good value, but you really do need a rental car to stay there. In my experience staying there, like I would not want to be locked into taking their shuttles. Listener Jeremy S. suggested I take a look at the Spring Hill Suites. There's a couple. There's one that is they called like at Millennia, which I'm not sure where that is. And there's another one that is at Flamingo Crossing. Anyway, that came out to $3,280.52 with the rental car. And you get a little more space there. So again, like you can get more space for the same amount of money. And then Sam C. pointed out that there's a lot of cheap Airbnb. So I did look it up and the cheapest Airbnb I could find that would work for a family of four was $600. So, you know, you get a total of $3,047.03 overall. So like to, you could stay at your own apartment for the same price as the all-star. So I think that's definitely something that families could consider as well. For sure. Well, Joe, that's a lot of number crunching, but I think it really goes to show the kind of calculations that families really need to make if they're on a strict budget and they're trying to determine what's worth it to them, you know, what has all the features they need, where they're going to get nickel and dimed. It's more complicated than, I guess, sort of the conventional wisdom. Definitely. Now, I know that was a lot of numbers. Two things. Number one, I'm going to go through a bunch of takeaways that I came up with, and I would love to hear your thoughts on those takeaways, Leslie. But then also, number two, I just started or I'm planning to start a Disney-focused newsletter maybe once a month, once every couple months. I don't know. My writing uh, consistency has been very poor as of late. But I'm planning on writing this all up and hopefully including the actual table in this newsletter. So if you want to see this in a written version, you can subscribe to that at tinyletter.com slash as the Joe flies WDW. And I'll have a link in the show notes. I'm, I know that with all these numbers, it's much easier to see them than to hear them. Let's get to these takeaways. So my first takeaway, Leslie, was that deluxes definitely remain overpriced. You know, it's like at least a thousand dollars more just to just get you the extra evening hours, which only the deluxes have and more convenient transportation. Deluxes still really feel like if you want to splurge, you stay at a deluxe, but it's not for the budget conscious. I totally agree. And this makes me wonder whether the prices are going to be able to be that high for the long term unless Disney starts throwing in some extra perks. Like there's the possibility, you know, obviously that they throw in something like Genie Plus as a perk with a deluxe resort stay. So I'm really curious to watch this as the months go by because a lot of these deluxe resorts, you know, they just quality is not there for the cost per night. I mean, they're great location. They're great immersion. But I'm 
skeptical that this can be sustained for the long term. We'll see if I'm right or wrong. <laughs> we'll see what the market bears. And the Disney market That's is right. always a little crazy. So don't underestimate the Disney fans. <laughs> yeah. So my second takeaway was that it really felt like moderates and values are pretty comparable to what you can get offsite, especially if you're factoring in a rental car. You can save maybe a couple hundred dollars staying offsite, but the prices were close enough that I was like, if I'm going on a moderate or value budget, I probably am going to lean towards staying on site at Disney, which is not what I expected to conclude uh, when I started this exercise. Yeah, that's pretty surprising. And I mean, I guess sort of my gut has always been to just stay on property because sometimes it's not worth the little extra savings to have the extra hassles, especially with younger kids. I mean, for me, the logistics, this having that be smooth sailing is way more important (laughs) to me. And I think to a lot of families and a lot of first timers as well. I mean, I think sometimes first timers think, oh, you know, they look at the the price of these different hotels and they they think I'm going to save a lot of money staying off site and then they buy themselves a lot of hassles. So that's really interesting. I ended up not factoring it into the costs, but I'm wondering like if you're staying off site just because it's like harder to get to road drop, you might end up paying for individual attraction selections or Genie Plus more than you would otherwise. Like I feel like in general, it should be a wash, whether you're on or offsite, whether you decide to buy those things or not. But maybe if you're offsite and you're at a disadvantage for just how long it takes to get to the actual parks, you might end up buying that as an impulse buy. Yeah, I think that's possible if you're spending more time in transportation and, you know, going to bed later, you know, having trouble getting up for sure. All right. So my next takeaway was that, you know, you save about $300, give or take with no rental car. I mean, hopefully that number drops as the rental car apocalypse works itself out. But as of right now, that's how much rental cars are costing. But if you are not going to rent a car and you're staying offsite, you really lose a lot of convenience by being stuck with the resort buses at your offsite resort. This is one reason why I really like the Disney Springs hotels. Um, Like I said, with the Wyndham Garden or really any of those Disney Springs hotels, you can take their shuttle to the park in the morning, but you can come back at your leisure by taking a Disney bus back to Disney Springs. This is kind of like a rule in general. If your hotel is close enough or walking distance to a Disney resort, you can always take the Disney resort transportation and then get over to your hotel. Having to pay for a rental car right now really hurts those offsite prices if you have to fly in. Another takeaway we already discussed, you definitely can get more space for the same amount of money as we've always said. I think that still rings true. And so kind of like a big exception that Nick S pointed out on our Facebook group was that really for large groups, the economy of scale for renting a house offsite or for staying offsite can be a huge advantage that you don't get when you're just looking for like a family of four like I was. Definitely. That that is a, a big takeaway from this. Two more takeaways. One is very important to note. I've said this a bunch of times because I, I don't want things to be misrepresented. These are the prices that I found September 4th for a trip on February 23rd. Hotel prices for offsite hotels will fluctuate depending on supply and demand. Whereas Disney prices, they won't go up. They might drop if Disney releases a discount if there's not a lot of demand, but the Disney price is going to stay locked in place. So because offsite hotels fluctuate because of supply and demand, you can get some really good deals. So for example, May H said 
that she got a lot of good deals at the Swan before. And she's right. I looked for September for two weeks from now. The Swan is $200 a night, which is the same price as All Stars is right now. Or All Stars is like 180 or something like that. But still, like I'd much rather stay at the Swan than at All Stars. Demand can drop. So if you're booking last minute, you can net some great deals. There's also Priceline Express and Hotwire. If you want to learn more about that, as always, follow at JJT on Twitter or check out his blogs on touring plans this is just a reminder that we're looking five months out right now and this far out disney looks pretty competitive to the offsite hotels but you always have to check the prices for your actual vacation and especially if you decide to take a last minute one absolutely and this is why you and i never end up staying at the hotel that we originally book for a vacation <laughs> like i'm changing multiple multiple times chasing the deals and you know this this is something that you should be doing uh if if budget matters and your location ambivalent Yep, you just stole my Disney do or don't, but whatever. Let's go to the last takeaway. Sorry. (laughs) Which is, and Sam C said this, it really does come down to, as always, what you are looking for. For different families, you're going to have different needs and budget concerns. Some families are going to be willing to splurge for these conveniences. Others will be willing to invest their money in other conveniences. Really, you're going to have to do your own research. Of course, quick plug, if you are looking for a travel agent, I can do that research for you at no cost to you. However, plugs aside, for myself, Leslie, if I'm comparing hotel room to hotel room, like not suites, not extra extra space. I feel like as of right now, at least with these prices, and I do book my hotels four to five months out, you know, I probably will still prefer to stay on site at a moderate at least, especially Caribbean Beach Resort, which has a Skyliner, which is so convenient. Yeah, absolutely. That that Skyliner can't be beat. And, you know, I know you, Leslie, coming from California, you're always leaning towards on site anyway, because, you know, you're not out here as much. Yeah, there's still the emotional appeal of the Disney bubble and, you know, I'll I'll consider it especially especially if we take a multi-generational vacation that may be on the table in the next year or two going with my sister and her kids. So, that may change things, but never say never. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot to write this one down, but I will say one of our patrons, Scott M., did say that he stayed off-site with a large group once in like a two-bedroom suite or something like that. And paraphrasing, he basically said, I'm good with that. I want the bubble next time. Like I said, it kind of comes down to what you're looking for personally. All right, Joe, took your Disney do or don't, but what you you got? (laughs) All right, so my Disney do was going to be, you really should keep checking prices, both for Disney resorts and for offsite resorts. Offsite resorts will fluctuate in real time. Disney resorts, Disney can release a discount that you can rebook in. Again, I can help you with that if you need. Since you took that already, another thing I will say is really do remember that if you are booked on site, Disney has a very generous cancellation policy. Uh, If you're just booking a hotel room only, you can cancel up to five days before your trip. If you're really looking to save money, the way to do it is to constantly be doing your research, constantly be rechecking prices. So one thing I would suggest is let's say you are booking this exact trip that I researched today. Well, right now, maybe book Caribbean Beach Resort for $3,597 or whatever the number I came up with was and hold on to Caribbean Beach Resort. However, keep checking the offsite prices. And if at some point the offsite price gets low enough that you feel like it's worth moving away from Caribbean Beach Resort, well, if you book CBR as a room only, then as long as it's not five days before the trip, you can change it, cancel that Caribbean Beach Resort reservation and switch to the offsite. So if you're super diligent, you're still going to be able to save money, you know, as long as you kind of pay attention to what's going on. Definitely, Joe. Well, great research. This was fantastic to to get to see uh, 
played out. All right. So that does it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Again, if you want to see the numbers in writing, you can check it out on tinyletter.com slash asajoeflieswdw, link in the show notes. If you need help booking and navigating all this stuff, you can email me, josephchung at travelmation.net. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Other than that, Leslie, thank you so much for taking the time to bear with me on this uh, longer episode. And I will see you probably waiting for the Mirrors Connect because I think you're still staying on site. Thanks, Joe, but I'll be Ubering. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Obviously. <laughs>